1: Coolie region cooks every Thursday, 10 to 11. I'm like, Hayes. hope you're hungry. Cause wow. Have I got a treat for you from uh, the website called MakeCaloriesGreatAgain.com. James Brennan is our guest in the kitchen. I had so much fun until I couldn't stand it anymore. And I had to go have my own margarita poking around in, uh, in your website uh, James good morning and thanks very much for talking with us wow are, are you a professional chef I got your name from a mutual friend through I think Oktoberfest connection so how did you uh, so what's your deal hi how's it going nice to meet you
0: <laughs> hey Mike yeah it's going great Um I'm definitely not a professional chef and I'm not even sure I belong on the show to be honest with you but uh, yeah I, I um. I'm involved with Oktoberfest, uh, but I do have a, a full-time job as well. And um, does it have yeah, to do I'm with flipping. food? No. no, no. Well, other than uh, really enjoying my lunch breaks,
1: and that's uh, the key. That, and I'm sure that uh, Brian explained to you that I am—I'm not looking. I'm only looking for people who like to have fun in the kitchen. Period. There is no other, no other restriction or caveat. If you like to have fun in the kitchen, I've even had, although only once a long time ago, a regular guest who hated being in the kitchen and was only in the kitchen because she lost a bet with her husband uh, on their honeymoon, I think, or maybe right before they got married, who was going to do the cleaning, who was going to do the cooking, and she lost and had to do the cooking and, uh, has been doing it ever since. And she was quite an accomplished cook. My mom was a very good cook. Absolutely hated it, hated cooking. So I always, I have to ask. So, and your website is fabulous. Eat, drink, live. What a fun place to poke around in your website.
0: Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I started that actually back in March when this whole quarantine thing happened. Um, partly cause I, I needed something to do. And, uh, partly because it was a good way to escape and um, think about more normal times.
1: Normal normal times? When was that again? Oh, yeah, yeah, before March, yeah. Well, and I don't know, there's an awful lot of people I talk to who think, this is the new normal. We're in it now, and things will never get back to the way they were uh, uh, pre-pandemic. There won't be as many people wearing masks, maybe, (laughs) but an awful lot of – The other stuff that's been going on will continue. So, if you began this in March because you were, uh, your your boss said, "Go home, don't come to work, stay there till I tell you," and you decided, "I got to figure out how to eat better." How how do you go from your job as an engineer to, "Wow, I've got this fabulous food website. I better pay attention to that too." Yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was really about you know. well, one of the other thing is I needed a place to keep my recipes that I've, I've grown over the years. And I, I just, I didn't like any of the online websites where you can do that because they're full of ads and they're very slow. So I figured I'd just start one for myself and it, it kind of took off. And, and yeah, being at home for those, that, that month, month and a half really gave me quite a bit of time to actually put some content in and build
1: it up. Do you have family that you have to accommodate with their specific food likes and dislikes? Or can you make whatever the heck you want, darn it.
0: Yeah, I got I got three three kids who are all pretty young and and don't like spicy uh, food yet and I, I really enjoy spicy food so um, a lot of what you see on my site' I'll, I'll give you some tips to either you know make it hotter to lighten or it
1: up. Hot. Yeah. Well and as often as not my kids are all old now my I have three three sons my twins are the youngest and they're 40. so I don't have to worry about hiding food from them anymore but for a long time growing up, I blender was my my best friend because I'm not going to I can tone down the heat or the spice, but I am not going to have macaroni and cheese out of a box forever. Mark, I'm sorry, buddy. We got to do something else. So how come the spaghetti sauce isn't as red as (laughs) this other? Well, because, you know, because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because it's got a big handful of spinach ground up in it or. Some celery or onions or whatever, uh, because I was not going to substitute flavor on uh, just because they would look at it and say, what's that? I don't like it. Buddy, you don't even know what it is yet. It's ice cream. (laughs) No, it isn't. It's chocolate chips. No, it isn't. I don't like it. (laughs) And that would be the end of it. So I didn't even tell them. I didn't even tell them. I'm glad your kids are giving you the opportunity to figure out fabulous recipes. That have to accommodate a young person also.
0: Yeah. Well, being Wisconsin, you know, you just add enough cheese to anything and, and they'll, they'll
1: tend to eat it. So. Well, there you go. And if you do it wrong, I learned that a long time ago as well. If you do it wrong, take it out of the oven, take a look at it. If it doesn't look like the photograph, change the name and maybe melt some cheese or some chocolate or whatever over the top so nobody knows, so nobody actually knows. Yep. Are you a good cook? Were you before March when you began this uh, this venture, make calories great again?
0: I, I would say it's it's one of those things where you're always learning and, and becoming better. I I don't know if anybody ever you know fully gets to that point where they this they they've topped out as a, a cook or a chef. Um, I'd consider myself decent, um, but certainly I I don't think I'd, I'm a professional by any
1: means. Right. Okay. Well, you and I are. We're more and more on the same page uh, all morning long here, because I I could feed you for a long, long time and you'd be happy. But uh, Chris Roderick uh, and I are are space apart. No <laughs> one ever sat down at my plate and said this is way too pretty to eat. Where uh, you know that uh, Chris and the folks at Piggies are putting together art on a plate. I'm, uh, I'm I've never been accused of having a pretty dish. It's just tasty.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not naturally an artistic person to begin with, so I, uh, I tend to concentrate more on flavor.
1: On the flavor. Yeah, that's right. How often do you make something up right out of the blue? Or, you know, you saw something on TV or in a website or and then go home and, and try to remember what it was or change it around based on your kids' tastes, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's, I'd say in terms of trying to come up with something new, it's, it's probably once or twice a week at this point. Really?
1: That's awesome. Well, and I appreciate you sending early because Farron will get these recipes up on our Cooley Region Cooks webpage uh, shortly after 11, uh, unless maybe they're there already. I don't know. I haven't looked. But uh, I was really curious because pork belly is something that I learned about when I moved to Wisconsin 35 years ago and uh, have been enjoying it ever since, but I never considered pork belly burnt ends. Uh, smoked queso, queso Mexican cheese, which I've used a lot, but never smoked queso. And I gotta find out. I've seen this guy's name on a number of your recipes. Tacos that you you got the recipe from some guy named Al Pastor. <laughs> let's, let, let's do that. Let's start with that one. Tell me about tacos, El Pastor. Clearly, that's not your neighbor when you were growing up.
0: No, no, and uh. Well, there probably is an El Pastor living somewhere. Um, I, mean, I don't know that he's the one that necessarily came up with that. Somebody's my, my calling him right, right now. It. Somebody's calling
1: him, El, El, these That's guys it. on the radio, they're talking about you. <laughs> All yeah. right, so t- t- share yeah. me, share with uh, me and with everybody your uh, tacos El Pastor recipe.
0: Yeah, so tacos El Pastor, um, I, I made it pork. You can you can certainly make it. Uh, chicken or anything else but if you imagine like a year on a spigot that's that's kind of what we're going for with the pork and what you do is you, you get a pork shoulder um usually about five pounds or more and uh you slice it real thin uh, about as thin as you can quarter is about as comfortable as i can i i'm not great with a knife um and i got a total fear of cutting myself with uh <laughs> paper let alone a. let alone a.
1: although you, know, you- Somebody with that's good with a knife did tell you a long time ago, don't be afraid of the knife to the point where you're using a little tiny knife to do all your cutting because that puts your fingers and your knuckles and all those tender parts a lot closer to the sharp part than a big old carving knife that has the sharp part six or eight inches away.
0: Yeah, you know, no, nobody ever told me that. Um, the reason I got a giant knives is just because it's, it's a more masculine.
1: Thing, ah, right? said it. Okay. <laughs> I like the
0: image of, <laughs> my know, knife's
1: bigger knife. than yours, period. Exactly. Got it. Um, but anyway, you,
0: you slice this pork real thin, and uh, you, you soak it in marinade. Um, I have a recipe for El Paso marinade on my website as well. Um, and that's basically a, a pineapple vinegar base, and then you, you put in a lot of uh, Mexican flavor. Uh, some chili powders and um, and uh, some paste and, and of course garlic you know which which really goes in just about every dish I have and uh, so you make this marinade and then you put the pork in there after it's sliced up for 24 to 48 hours and at that point it's it's absorbed a tremendous amount of this flavor and all you really do at that point is you you stack it up to make like a euro spigot and the easiest way to do that I found is, you take a pineapple and you slice a couple thick chunks out of it and you, you take um, a skewer and you put one end of the pineapple at the bottom and then you layer the pork up on top of it and you put the pineapple top on the top and then uh, it's ready to cook.
1: Ah, yep. Like a, and, um, like a kebab, then you cook it as a kebab or do you cook it standing up in a hero fire?
0: Yeah, so I, I use indirect heat, uh, cook it standing up. I have a Kamado style big green egg that I use, but certainly something you can do in an oven as well. And uh, as long as you got a, a tall enough oven, of course. And, I make uh, little tiny kebabs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, when you get it out, it actually slices just like you'd see a Euro getting sliced. You slice in and you get what you end up getting is you know, kind of nice little tiny pieces of really flavorful pork. You can use it in a burrito. Um, my website shows it being used in tacos, but burritos, quesadillas—really, uh, uh, tremendous amount of possibilities that you can you can do with it.
1: How often do you make that recipe? Think this is delicious. Next time, I'm going to do it differently.
0: Yeah. So was, when I'm when I'm experimenting with this stuff for the website, once I once I nail it or get it to be site worthy, as I call it, then I'll start experimenting with different versions. And if I find something that works better, then I'll update the recipe. Uh, But in this particular case, I've actually not made it again since I perfected it, so to speak.
1: Well, and I guess at some point, you have a taste for whatever it happens to be, whether it's tacos, El Pastor, or something else. And you go home, open your, take off your uh, shoes. You're you're comfortable. You got a cocktail. You open the refrigerator and then recognize, oh man, I don't have, that ingredient, I guess I'm still going to do this, but it's going to be beef, not pork, or, you know, whatever it happens. Chicken, uh, or whatever it is, not pork, because you don't have any.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And Then on the recipe, on the website, will there be an addition, you know, a caveat at the bottom? I, this is the original recipe, which is delicious. The last time I made it, I used beef, and this is how I changed it, that kind of thing
0: yeah yeah for slight uh for slight variations there's there's a notes section of the bottom of each recipe where i'll i'll mention what you can do to to deviate or maybe even some ideas i haven't tried yet but i think might work well and if i if i modify it substantially uh that's where you'll see a, a new recipe pop up so i
1: changed this up entirely
0: <laughs> yeah exactly for, so for example i got a regular margarita and a cherry margarita on my site because there is enough of a difference there that it warrants you know two separate recipes
1: sure that's fair interesting yep. and i'm going to ask you about this one that you didn't send me but i'm looking at on the website because i thought i wonder if his cheesy ham and pickle dip is similar to mine no i mean it's kind of similar but uh, uh where do you get your recipes
0: so this one's interesting. Um,
1: yeah. I was up
0: in Brainerd, Minnesota a few weeks ago, and I, I ate at a place that had this cheesy ham and pickle dip on the menu, and I had never even heard of it. And it just sounded unique enough that I wanted to try it, and it was it was extremely good. And basically I tried to, you know, figure out what, what all was in it, the flavor, certainly looked at what was listed on Sitting the Sitting at the
1: table at the restaurant, licking your lips and yeah. just – putting the thing in your mouth, not swallowing it right away. You sound like my dad. What are you Just doing? Around like
0: a nice, uh, right. Nice right. Trying
1: time. to figure out what that spice is. I'll get it. Give me another bite. <laughs> yep.
0: But, uh, I came home and a few days later, I, I kind of took that list of things that I thought was in it and, and played around with it. And I did do a little internet research to see what other people have done out there. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of made my own and it tasted good enough. I, I posted it. Um, If it would have been a little off, I I probably would have played with it some more before I put it on the website.
1: Well, and this is a – I'm sure this is absolutely delicious. And I look at it right away and think, I've done this very similar. Uh, But sometimes when I go to get uh, cream cheese, for instance, you realize you could buy cream cheese with honey in it or cream cheese with peppers in it or cream cheese with olives in it. And who's going to be eating this dip? My kids? Okay, just plain cream cheese. But people that are adventurous, ooh, maybe I'll get the olive cream cheese or, you know, mix it up a little bit. Even though it, you're still using eight ounces of cream cheese, you just didn't use eight ounces of plain cream cheese, that kind of thing. Exactly. I have because that, that, this recipe is, uh, is a good one. Cream cheese, sour cream, mayonnaise, then a cup of your favorite shredded cheese. You use American mozzarella and Monterey Jack. Uh, then uh, garlic minced, baby dill pickles, as opposed to pickle relish. I'll ask you about that. Diced ham. Is that ham off the bone, or do you use any kind of <laughs> ham and lemon juice? So I, I want to go back to your choices of cheese. You use American mozzarella and Monterey Jack. Are those the ones that get into this recipe all the time? Because I, I don't have a chunk of American uh, in my refrigerator, I got some American slices, which might work. Yes, in well, this. But that's it. The
0: thing American cheese is uh, you got to actually go to the deli at Festival and ask for it. They don't—they don't put it out, but they do have block American cheese back there. Really? Um, huh. yeah, they do, and you know, a lot of people, rightly so, question whether or not Americans uh, really cheese, and, and and I understand that. You know, I'm I'm kind of a cheese connoisseur. I love the aged cheddars. I love. I love variety of cheeses, um, but when it comes to melting cheese, uh, certain cheeses just melt a lot better than others, and in my opinion, American's the best melting cheese. Monterey Jack's certainly very good as well, mozzarella, and in this case, I was really looking to really focus on texture more than flavor with the cheeses, which is why I picked those uh. three, uh, but no, I'd, I would love to throw a sharp cheddar in there and see what that does to it, right. or...
1: Well, and as you're well aware, then they, it just doesn't melt as well. It gets kind of oily and, and so forth. But I'm with you there. And and if you're making this for for people who enjoy a good spice, would you change up the cheese or would you simply sprinkle in some different spice to to make it spicy, yeah, so heat it up or whatever?
0: If, if you're making it for somebody that maybe appreciates, uh, you know, a little bit – more re- real, well refined dish. I'd, I'd probably change up the cheeses. I'd probably I'd probably try an aged Gouda and maybe a cheddar in there. And I had, if I'm looking to add some spice, um, I got all kinds of powdered peppers that oh, you can have all kinds of fun with. Awesome. Mo- most people think just chili powder or uh, cayenne powder, but um, really any kind of hot pepper you can think out there, you can find powdered versions
1: of it, and uh,
0: really play with heat and uh, flavor
1: profiles. And you dice up baby dill pickles. Why not just use a good quality, a, a, a dill pickle relish?
0: You know, it's it's one of those things where the more I get into cooking and whatnot, the more I enjoy kind of making my own basic ah, ingredients.
1: That makes sense. Um,
0: and and there's something to be said. I I'm not sure my diced dills taste any different than a relish, but uh, they are fresher. You know, they're not oh. canned necessarily um so in the in, in that way i just it just makes it a little more
1: enjoyable if nothing else right and somebody is bound to notice these little diced up uh, chunks of pickle are all different sizes did you make <laughs> this yourself why yes yes i did wow that's pretty cool good for you uh, yeah so you get that you get that uh, that conversation and the ham just your basic <laughs> pit uh, ham or do you use anything special
0: you know, in this case, it was just uh, pre-diced ham out of the deli. Um, I do have a ham recipe on my site where I had a lot of leftover ham from, I think it was Easter. Ooh. And uh, I wish I would have ha- had this idea back then. I could have diced that up. But uh, in the interest of time, sometimes I do take shortcuts.
1: That's all right. It'll come back around. What's There used to be a website or a TV show on uh, the Food Network called Almost Homemade, something like that. You don't have time to make a quart uh, or enough tomatoes to make a quart of spaghetti sauce to go into your lasagna or your whatever. You're going to make your own noodles and whatever, and then use a jar of spaghetti sauce. <gasps> That's horrible. Yeah, well, I get a job, and I don't have time to spend all day at home cooking a week's worth of different meals. So I don't. I uh, I I would never fault you for uh, using anything that somebody else created, long as it's good quality. I will. Yep. I will forever hear my dad explaining to me what we're buying this brie cheese to put in soup. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I looked at it for the first time going with my dad to the store. This many, many, many years ago, dad, this cheese is $48 a pound. I know it's a good thing. We only need four ounces, huh? Yeah. Cause I've got six bucks in my pocket. I don't have $48 in my pocket for that super expensive, but wait till you taste the difference. And, of course, as you're well aware, the difference is tremendous.
0: All right, so we got a
1: couple of recipes together. You pick the next one while I take care of the little business, and we will be back. The website is MakeCaloriesGreatAgain.com. James Brennan is our guest in the kitchen, and we will be right back. Suddenly, I'm disappointed that the show's not a two-hour program because... We aren't even going to have a chance to talk about on the air all the things that we've been looking at. You've got – I'm going to pump your website again because it's really a fun one. MakeCaloriesGreatAgain.com. James Brennan is the uh, webmaster and our guest on Cooley Region Cooks. And I am confident that people are going to poke around in your, uh, in your your on your website and wonder, where's this guy's restaurant? Because nobody is – this good, this deep into food without doing it for a living.
0: I think that would take all the fun out of it,
1: though. Well, I suppose if you had to cook for a living, it would be different. Your passion uh, and and that you would have that restaurant that has a sign out in front that says, the customer is not always right, <laughs> Just, just so you know.
0: I would, I would definitely have that, and I'd probably only work the hours
1: I'm on to work each day. Right. Well, and, and every once in a while, I mean, I know you love working in the kitchen, but making 135 uh, chicken cordon bleus is not nearly as much fun as owning a restaurant that only seats 25 people. And and hopefully, uh, and you have just enough of the special to feed 12 of them, which means you get to make something else for everybody else. That's that's. Got to make a, a restaurateur feel a little better about what they do.
0: I would think so. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. So what are we going to do next? You want tell me about pork belly burnt ends?
0: Yeah. So burnt ends, um, you know, they're they're a barbie They they come out of the world of barbecue. Um, usually they come from the brisket, uh, but this way of making it with pork belly is a little bit easier and it's a little bit quicker. And in my opinion, gives it a lot more flavor and, and, and tenderness. Basically, you take a pork belly, um, which you can get from the meat counter, at festival, or any grocery store, and make sure that you get the skin off of it, and you cut it into cubes, so bite-sized cubes, and you you really heavily douse them in oil and rub, a uh, meat rub, and then you, you throw them on a smoker or grill, or, again, you can use an oven here if you want, and basically just cook them low and slow for about three hours, and they get really tender, and then at the end of three hours, you put them in a, in a pan uh, with, with butter and honey and barbecue sauce. And you, you roll them around, make sure they're well basted in it. And then you, you put them back into the grill for another hour and a half or two. And uh, when they come out, it's, it's bacon. I mean, it's pork belly, but it's, oh. it's got the the texture of cotton candy and the flavor of caramelized bacon. It's just simply amazing. Oh,
1: yeah. I I've, I would never would have thought to uh, finish pork belly in the oven. I've cooked it on the stove any number of times, but not with sauce and so forth. So you're getting, and, and you said low and slow, but you didn't mention a temp. You're talking about 250 or 225, something like that?
0: Yeah, you know, normally with, with barbecue, I do about 225. Yeah. Um, looking at my site here, I actually was up about 300. Uh, at the end of the cook but uh initially um 225 to 250.
1: all right yep. well at least in this case if you burnt them no problem <laughs>
0: exactly
1: <laughs> they're supposed to be burnt what are you talking about they that's... are
0: and you know the, the misconception is people hear the word burnt and, and they get kind of turned off because they think of that burnt flavor but that's that's not the case when it comes to something that's caramelized and uh that, that's the case here so it's it's burnt but it's not
1: burnt flavor so to speak yeah if you have i learned about that that reaction a long time ago when my when my dad was alive and he would spend all day making lunch for his grandsons and me and his wife and so forth and ours would be a little different but he'd make something for lunch and as i mentioned before mark in particular would look at it and say i don't like this buddy you don't even know what it is yeah but i don't know what that that's green right there i don't like anything green i'm not going to eat it my dad initially would have a bird i just spent three hours making this you haven't even tasted it and you told me you don't like it i you know dad dad just remember everything they push away does not go in the wastebasket it goes back (laughs) into the kitchen to feed the staff you know you and me (gasps) oh that's right so then he'd come out with you guys probably aren't going to like this it's uh you know it's ice cream it's got the stupid chocolate in it nuts and marshmallows you probably shouldn't even taste that grandpa so they learned quickly to have a bite but uh, you know for a long long time they didn't want to talk about it burnt ends no thank you great yep. <laughs> i don't care you don't want to try it awesome and that's all and then what do you do now you've got marinated burnt ends ready to go do you serve them as a side or do you mix them in with other stuff and make a meal
0: that's a great question i when they first came out i ate them by themselves and I ate a lot more than i should have did
1: they I get out of terrible. the pan even you ate them standing right there at the stove i know i did I, I got a
0: video on my site where i ate one directly out of the pan but um <laughs> I, I felt i felt terrible for how much i ate i mean it's, it's it's obviously not a healthy dish but uh the next day i had leftovers and you can shred them up and again put them in a quesadilla or a sandwich or or a wrap i mean you you can have all kinds of fun with
1: this stuff but initially it's a side dish out of the pan, onto a plate, next to your pork chop or a steak or whatever.
0: In theory, it should be a side dish, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm just checking. Because <laughs> you did mention, well, the next day I had leftovers. Ha! You shouldn't so, feel so guilty. The fact that you ate the entire dinner standing in front of the stove, feel guilty about that. The fact that yeah, you had he- leftovers tomorrow is a is a pretty good thing.
0: Keep in mind, it's a five and a half pound pork belly. If I, if I oh, see now, I didn't know that. Talking to you right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have a different background there, and we'd see all the lights flashing from the equipment that's hooked up to you while you're sitting in or laying in Gunderson trying to recover from pork belly overload. All right, so tell me, it's not one of the recipes that uh, we shared the recipe of uh, on the website, but I'm I'm fairly sure that some of our listeners have never heard of a smash burger
0: yeah so smash burger you know they've become more popular in recent times and there's there's all kinds of stuff out there on the internet about them but if you think of um, places that tend to have thinner patties and they tend to be you know kind of crispy on the outside of the patty uh, uh-huh. and you know places locally that might be similar to like culver's um or uh you know uh steak and shake if you've been to one of those or shake shacks But the technique really is to use a ground beef that's a little bit on the fatter side uh, 80 20 um, would be fine but you wouldn't want to go any leaner than that and you make little balls out of them um, less than a quarter pound usually but up to a quarter pound and you get your griddle really hot and if you don't have a griddle you can use you know a frying pan or anything like that on a stove but you want it really hot and you, you put the ball on there Then you take a a meat press or a bacon press or anything you got. You can even use a spatula if you got nothing else. And you smash it as thin as you possibly can. And and, and it cooks really quick, obviously. And, you know, after just about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, you're going to want to flip it and cook the other side and, and put the cheese on immediately. But what you'll notice is that because it's really hot and it's really thin and you pressed it down, is you get a really nice, crispy outer layer on that burger. And it has a tremendous amount of flavor. Um, usually I'll make a double cheeseburger out of these because they are, you know, so thin and smaller. Uh, but man, in terms of flavor, it's just my opinion, it's the only way to cook a burger. I, I won't do it anymore where you get those nice thick steakhouse burgers. Sure. Well, and
1: I, I'm, I'm glad you said I'll make a double uh, because I'm thinking if you, do you start with a certain weight of hamburger before you smash it down? You Start with a golf ball size. I mean, I can imagine people put, putting, wanting to make a quarter-pound burger. They smash it, and it's big around as a pizza, or it's stacked up three or four different layers of smashed burger.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Whatever works. It sounds delish. And then in between each layer of burger, do you put an ingredient in there, too, just to add to your smashed burger extravaganza?
0: Yeah, I'm 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 a true Wisconsin boy. I'll uh, I'll put a slice of American and a slice of cheddar on each patty, and uh, then I'll throw some bacon on top of it, and then some burger sauce. Um, I got a few different variations of burger sauce as well on the website you can make. But uh, you know that, and then you you know you you toast your bun with butter, and you, you probably look at about fifteen hundred calorie burger, but man, does it taste good!
1: Right. Well, and I'm I'm it's fun. You can't do those on the grill though, either, can you? You got to do this in a fry pan? You can't do
0: it on a grill. Um, If you have, like, a blackstone griddle, that's what I use. Otherwise, you know, if you have a grill and you can't get your stove hot enough, you know, electric stoves in particularly uh, sometimes don't get hot enough to do this right. Uh, But if you do have a, you know, a fire grill, you can get a cast iron pan and put that on there or one of those portable griddles, put that on there. And, and that certainly works as well. You just you gotta be careful. You don't start a grease fire and burn your house. It's pretty
1: out. smoky. Yep, yeah. It would be yep. uh, it would be smoky. But it, it's also one of those recipes you don't walk away, because like you said, you're f- you're gonna set down that almost paper thin burger, uh, for 30 seconds on one side at what? And you said hot enough. I'm pretty sure my stove top gets to. i I guess I've never thrown a thermometer on it, but 500 degrees ish. Uh, and if you're cooking a paper thin burger patty at 500 degrees, you're only putting it on either side for a few seconds and it's done.
0: That's, that's correct. Yeah, it, g- it goes extremely quick. Um, 500, I'm sure, would be fine. I haven't actually sat there and measured it either. Just super uh, hot. Su- super hot.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, m-
0: yeah, I get... you, want, you want this thing to sizzle as you put it on there. Right. The
1: and, a wide, and then what kind of burger? Are you using 80 20? Uh, you need a little fat in there to burn right
0: that's correct yeah i I don't use anything that's leaner than 80 20
1: for these okay just curious ever mix in uh ground pork or ground sausage i'm 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 right away i'm making a burger here with a patty of of burger a patty of andouille a patty of of pork you know i got three or four well here here i am like this yeah i get three or four patties no, three or four patties still only got to be about a half an inch tall ish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I've never got it around to playing with the different meats on this one, but that's, that sounds like a great idea.
1: Well, and I only mentioned it because as often as not, I'll make burgers for, for dinner. And then I'll have enough left over for me to eat by myself and tell the people who want to come over, sorry, no, or figure out a way to make that last. I feel like, uh, You know, like one of the disciples on the hill, I only have one fish. Yeah, but I figured out a way to feed six people, so I guess that's (laughs) going to work. Smash burgers would make your limited amount of supplies go a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to do that. All right, so I pulled up another recipe that grabbed my attention from your website, homemade ravioli. Do you do that very often? Um.
0: I've not done it as much since the uh, quarantine ended, so to speak. Uh, just just because it is time intensive, but I, yeah. I I was having a lot of fun with it when I was working from home.
1: I have, I have, I've not made. Well, I've I made raviolis kind of uh, because of what what I was doing basically was trying to figure out a way to not have to make 800 pounds of spaghetti. I wanted to make my own noodles. I don't have yep. a noodle maker where you can just crank it out and feel like Chef Boy Uh, But I do have a big piece of granite that stayed cold enough so that it didn't turn into soup. And I learned, I don't know if I read this or just thought of it myself, but instead of using a sharp knife to make noodles, uh, I use a pizza cutter. And I have a great big, my pizza cutter is, oh, there, camera's over there, Mike. Uh, great big round pizza cutter. And although they're not by any means... Uh, they they look homemade, that's for sure. And I thought, well, I got about eight pounds of homemade noodles. Now I got, I got to do something else. So I tried to make uh, ravioli. And my most difficult thing I had was ravioli explosion, because I put too much stuff in the ravioli. How do you how do you keep them from turning into a bowl of ravioli mush? That yeah. once again, it's delicious, but it doesn't look like what it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's certainly an issue. And, and the first time I did it, I, I had some I had some struggles there as well with them <laughs> bursting open in the, the pot of water. Um, I, I will admit, I went out and I bought one of those hand-rolling pasta machines. Did which, you? Which really helps you get, you know, a, a consistent. Oh, uh, sure. And um, I bought some ravioli stamps, which helps you um, crease it down. So, oh, yeah. You know, the two things you got to really be careful of, with ravioli is one that you don't overstuff it and two that there's no air in there so that when you go to seal it tight um you know when it heats up that if there's air in there it'll it'll expand like a balloon and it'll, yeah. it'll burst and so between you know getting that consistent noodle thickness and then the ravioli presses and making sure the air gets out of there and that really helped me out tremendously um cool. but i still i still get raviolis that break on me
1: well, that's all right, because you know you and Chef Boyardee are not even in the same family. So, you didn't oh, learn it. You didn't yeah. learn it from your great great grandfather who came from the old country. Yeah. Although you still cheat, you you got your own noodle maker. Here, my tip that I got from somebody because I don't have a noodle maker, and I said that out loud to someone, and they said, "Here's my tip. You got a big rolling pin, right? Oh yeah. All right. Well, in, instead of trying to roll out the same level." Of noodle over a giant sheet got a big uh like the rubber bands that they use in restaurants to uh to hold together a, a big chunk of broccoli yeah those big blue ones yeah get a couple of those and put them on the end of your rolling pin and then roll out your noodle the as thick as the the rubber band and now it's the sure. same and uh, that worked out really well they're still all wiggly and they don't they look more like snakes than they do noodles, but that at least they're all the same size and they cook the same, uh, same period of time in that boiling hot water. Yeah, well,
0: that's a great idea.
1: Just, I, I feel like I got to share something with you back, only because, because you cheated and you bought a, you bought a press to make all your raviolis look nice. I have a fork. Well,
0: you know. And- you, you got those nice big biceps from using that rolling pin, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what they are. They're they're My guns are so big, I can hardly fit them in my shirt. Hey, right, thanks. I'm going to use that again later. A little business. We'll be right back. Cooley Region Cooking with James Brennan, who is MakeCaloriesGreatAgain.com. You got to check out that website. It is really fun.
0: You know, back prior to making the, my, my website, I'd, I'd follow recipes sometimes, but uh, nowadays, even, even if I kind of find inspiration from a recipe i usually change it up quite a bit, or find three or four different versions of a recipe and figure out what i like best from each one and kind of make my own
1: right okay well that that sounds like me as well if you you know I, i spend much of the morning licking my lips thinking what do i what do i want for dinner i don't know so then we start with protein what have you got that's not frozen i got a pork chop i got a little piece of steak i have some not canned ham, then figure that out, then figure out what's going to go with it and and just as often as not make up a recipe based on what ingredients I already have that I don't have to go back to the store and buy. So, you know, and and once again, I interviewed someone a long, long time ago whose uh, cookbook was based on making your version of somebody else's famous. Okay, so it's fried chicken. It's delicious. It doesn't have the same however many there are. It doesn't have the same 17 herbs and spices that KFC has, uh, but try this, and it's pretty good. And I have since learned, just use the ingredients, the spices that you like. People that are afraid to cook without a recipe, and I think, well, what's in your kitchen? I got a lot of stuff in my kitchen. How did it get there? I bought it. Okay, so everything that's in your kitchen, behind the cupboard doors and so forth, you bought, right? Yeah, mostly. Okay, so you like all those ingredients because you paid money for them. Uh huh. Why are you afraid to mix one of these and one of those in a pan with a chunk of not canned ham and see if it tastes good or not? I don't know. I'm just afraid to do that. Well, cut it out, you big baby. You Get in there and make something up. And So as often as not, because that's how I did it. My dad lived a million miles away, and when I learned you can't really learn how to bone a chicken breast over the phone, I got to start making it up myself.
0: Oh, in worst case if uh if it turns out uh not real good you can always order a pizza right
1: the true well i just put more cheese on it and let it sit in the refrigerator cool off and figure out a way to do something else with it because that's what uh, that's that's what's on your plate for dinner tonight what are you going to do for dinner tonight Oh, tonight
0: um i'm actually going to be going to that dueling piano thing uh down there at copeland so probably Probably a couple of hot dogs, to be honest with
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you got me because I don't know anything about the dueling piano thing at Gopeland. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh, a couple of dueling pianos, and I'll uh, have
1: to do some research around this building. Somebody in this building knows about dueling pianos. I would love anything that gets me out of my kitchen and to do something <laughs> these days. In uh, in the wake of this goofball pandemic, I am all yeah. over that. Hey, can I get you to come back and do this again sometime?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, good deal. Some, some, uh, some Thursday in I don't know September, October. We'll figure out a way to make that okay. happen. I appreciate you spending time with us uh, this morning. Here, I got to do this. Here, this is me being computer, and I'm trying to figure out how to be computer while I'm actually not being computer. There we go. See, Whew. eggplant. You like eggplant? Are you a vegetable guy?
0: I am not a vegetable guy, but I'm I'm learning to accept
1: them. All right, well, work yeah, on it. So doctor, when doctor. we get back together in uh, October, we can maybe cook some vegetables. Thanks so very good. much for doing this. James yeah. Brennan is MakeCaloriesGreatAgain.com. Check that out. It's eleven o'clock.